The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Live from our nation's capital. This budget thing is going to do Space Force, I still think it's interesting. President Trump not playing his cards yet. Headlines, policy, and politics colliding. Sound on with Kevin Cirilli. The insiders, the influencers, the insights. I would rather see a congressional solution. It's part of my DNA. The Senate map in 2020 looks a lot different than it looked in 2018. You really have a divide within Team Trump. The president has to do exactly what people sent him here to do, which is to get it done. This is Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2 Baltimore. Busy day, folks. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. President Trump doubling down on his criticism of congresswomen, freshman congresswomen, saying that they should leave the country if they're unhappy with being Americans. And just as we speak, we are awaiting for one of those freshman congresswomen, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and others to hold a press conference live on Capitol Hill to give their response. It has been a remarkable political feud. Many are saying, well, we'll get into all of it as we come up, but in a heightened moment of political drama here in Washington, D.C., stemming from over the weekend with the president's tweets and elsewhere, Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin offering a rare press conference in the Brady briefing room at the White House. I was there. I will take you live to what he had to say about Facebook's Libra just as Facebook gets ready to testify on Capitol Hill for two days' worth of testimony tomorrow and Wednesday and the debt ceiling. What's going on with the debt limit? All of these questions, politics, policy, and all-star panel to help us navigate through what was a dizzying, dizzying day. Eli Yokley's here. He's a political reporter for Morning Consult. And Justin Sink, my colleague, uh, who was at the – you were at the house today, Justin, right? Nodding? Yes. He was. He was at the White House. Bloomberg News White House reporter. But before we get to all of that, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi saying on Monday that she is going to have a vote on a resolution condemning, condemning President Trump's tweets over the weekend on four female Democratic lawmakers. And some Republican lawmakers joined joined the Speaker of the House in denouncing the president's tweets over the weekend he said that he said that according to these tweets that alexandria ocasio cortez and three of her allies should quote unquote go back to where they came from and that was labeled racist by democrats as well as even a few republicans so she speaker nancy pelosi says that she's going to have this resolution even before before president trump speaking earlier today at the White House, doubled down on those criticisms and went even further. Take a listen to the president speaking earlier today at the White House. If you're not happy here, then you can leave. As far as I'm concerned, if you hate our country, if you're not happy here, you can leave. That was President Trump speaking earlier today at a 30 Made in America product showcase 
at the White House. My guests for the hour, Eli Yokley, a political reporter for Morning Consult, and Justin Sink, my colleague here at Bloomberg News. He is a White House reporter. Justin, I'm watching images on the Bloomberg terminal feed where we're awaiting a press conference from AOC as well as the other freshman congresswomen who are speaking. But why is the president doing this? What's the what's the thinking behind it? Sure. I, I mean, I think that there's a couple of things that President Trump's trying, trying to do here. But a big one is he sees a real advantage in turning AOC and these other freshman congresswomen into proxies for the Democratic Party as a whole. He knows that if the competition is him versus Joe Biden, who's seen as a moderate middle class speaking to white working class people, that's a real danger to his base. But if the Democratic Party em- embraces uh, the sort of farther left politics of some of the freshman uh, class that have come in, I-, I think the president sees a real advantage there. So he's trying to elevate what I'm hearing. He's trying to elevate AOC as the face of the Democratic Party, much more so than someone like a Joe Biden or even Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Is that what you're saying, Justin? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Although, of course, the great irony here is the fact that we're talking about these people stems from the fact that that AOC got into a big back and forth with Nancy Pelosi. That's what that's what I find fascinating is that AOC, not to interrupt you, but to interrupt AOC gave this interview to the Washington Post last week and essentially said, I mean, that 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 Speaker Pelosi was uh, criticizing yeah. for women of color. Right. So uh, what you have is, I think, critics of the president. You know, some find these comments to be racist in and of themselves, but political strategists who might even be aligned with the president are saying, hey, you're letting Democrats off the hook for what had been an inter-party war and a real political headache for them. Well, take a listen to what else the president had to say, to your point, Justin, uh, and it illustrates this, about how he is trying to make these congresswomen the, the, the leaders of the Democratic Party. Here he is. The Democrats in this case, if they want to gear their wagons around these four people, they're going to have a very tough election because I don't think the people of the United States will stand for it. So he's talking about AOC, Eli Yokely of the Morning Consult. He's also talking about Congresswoman Ilan Omar, uh, who has really been criticized in the past for, for what for what many, including Democrats, have, have raised anti-Semitic concerns about some of her rhetoric. Uh, and now Republicans are, are criticizing the president and saying uh, – uh, well, I'll, I'll read from from Republican Senator Tim Scott, a, who is African-American. He's a Republican from South Carolina, and he called the president's uh, rhetoric, quote unquote, unacceptable personal attacks and racially offensive language. Eli Oakley, does this also pose a risk for Republicans? Well, we saw today uh, Congressman Will Hurd of Texas from the black, a black Republican in the House. He called it racist and xenophobic. He, he leaned in on this and used it to separate himself from Donald Trump. He faces one of the toughest re-election fights next year. Um, so it's giving some of these folks a reason, to, a way to show some distance between themselves and the president. Um, but it's, it's quite a moment for Nancy Pelosi. I mean, we saw last week she was in a lot of hot water with the liberals, and here she is as their chief defender bringing up this resolution today. Um, this, it's an interesting point about AOC being kind of raised by the president today. Um, you know, at Morning Consult, we've tracked some of this data on her. It's been Republicans who've been more likely than even Democrats uh, nationally to know who she is. So, you know, the Really? Fo- the Fox- wait, 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 wait. Say that one more yeah, yeah. That's fascinating. Republicans no, yeah, are yeah. more likely to know who AOC is than Democrats. Yeah, that's how it was earlier, right after she got right after she got started in the House. I mean, the Fox News machine, the conservative media, has done a very good job of elevating her as this 
character. And when I talk to candidates across the country, um, one of the things they do a lot is just compare their opponent to AOC. I mean, even in the Kentucky governor's race, a race pretty far from uh, from Washington, uh, uh, Matt Bevin is comparing Democrat Andy Bashir to AOC of all people, and carries a cutout around of her. So they're doing a remarkable. They're doing a lot of work to elevate her. So Ohio Republican Congressman Mike Turner, uh, he said on Twitter that Trump's tweets over the weekend quote racist, and he should apologize. Uh, so, uh, and then you, you've got Speaker Pelosi before she's uh, regarding, she wants to have this resolution on this. She said, quote, in a letter to her colleagues, I reject the president's xenophobic comments meant to divide our nation. Justin, I, I just keep going back to this, to this point that Eli and you are both making, which is, I mean, we all know this, but when, when you talk to staffers up on Capitol Hill, there, there was some tension between AOC and Ilan Omar and others with and Speaker Pelosi, there was a frustration that really felt similar, at least from my reporting, felt similar to the Tea Party and former Speaker Paul Ryan. No? No, I, I think that you make a good point. I, I think there is a tension within the day about whether to sort of chart a more pragmatic path forward, whether their goal is to defeat Donald Trump or to retain the most number of seats that they can in, in the next year and a half, or whether to try to move the party uh, sort of systemically uh, to the left, which is what some of these freshmen who don't have a lot of power other than social media and, and the media that they can earn are, are trying to do. It's different sort of approaches for for going after this. But uh, I know that the Don I'm sure you've talked to Trump campaign officials in the way that I have, and every time you do, they say that they anticipate having better numbers than they do now because the Democratic candidates are going to be pulled towards the – Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez wing of the party they believe that they're going to be running a race against the Green New Deal, against Medicare for all. The The problem for the, the president and what this might be a manifestation of, of course, is that Joe Biden continues to lead that race. And we saw today him come out against Medicare for all. Uh, but she's even been crit- AOC has been I don't want to say critical, but she's 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 made it known that 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 she's much more aligned to, to Bernie Sanders and, and to some extent even Elizabeth Warren. But the, I mean, to, to, we can talk all about that coming up, about the 2020 vacations and, and whatnot. But to, to really just put this in perspective, I was at the White House today and President Trump at a Made in America event completely even going beyond beyond the tweets that he tweeted out over the weekend with regards to saying that they should, quote-unquote, go back to the countries that they come from. Senator Pat Toomey, he's a Pennsylvania Republican. Up for, I believe he's up for re-election in 2020. If not, definitely. Yeah, yeah he is up for re-election in, in 2020. He said that the statement was, quote-unquote, wrong. Pat Toomey used to lead the club for growth, okay? I mean, that's very conservative. And he said in a statement, quote, we should defeat their ideas on the merits, not on the basis of their ancestry. I was struck by Senator Toomey's remarks just because, again, he is and, and he's a very he's a conservative. Um, I, I mean, uh, you expect it from Senator Susan Collins, who's also up for a tough reelection fight, more centrist. And she said she called on the president to withdraw his remarks. And just you know, coming up, we're going to dive more into this. And I will give you the update on what AOC says. We're still awaiting that press conference to begin on Capitol Hill. Uh, but she'll push back and we'll dive into policy. But but just to kind of. Again, just to give some more context, when the president was making his remarks today, he accused Ilan Omar of talking about, quote, how great al-Qaeda is, end quote. And he's referencing a 2013 interview that she had given uh, 
years ago. Uh, and again, it's like what he's trying to do is is elevate these four freshman congresswomen to really have the microphone. And he's given them the microphone tonight on Capitol Hill. And there's a part of me, a part of me that wonders if that was exact wanted to do was to get them behind the podium and not Speaker Pelosi. Coming up, Eli Oakley stays, Justin Sink stays. We're going to talk to you about Treasury Secretary Stephen Mnuchin's press conference that happened at the White House, at the Brady Briefing Room. I got to ask him about the debt ceiling. I'll give you all the latest on that. Download the Sound On podcast on Apple iTunes at Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. You can also find me on Radio.com, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Kevin Cirilli. It is a jam-packed Monday news day, and you're listening to Bloomberg 99. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. This is Sound On with Kevin Cirilli. On Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2 Baltimore. In one case, you have somebody that comes from Somalia, which is a failed government, a failed state, who left Somalia, who ultimately came here, and now is a congresswoman who's never happy, says horrible things about Israel, hates Israel, hates Jews. That was perhaps speaking earlier today at the White House about freshman Congresswoman Ilan Omar, a Democrat who is just just taken steps on Capitol Hill behind the podium, along with Ayanna Presley and Rashida Talab and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the, four, the squad, the squad, as they are calling themselves, who President Trump has attacked today. Uh, and it's made Republicans uneasy. They have said that this is racially charged rhetoric, that the president should withdraw that rhetoric, that he should apologize for that rhetoric. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, who was in a tiff with AOC last week, uh, she has said that she wants to have a resolution on the floor of the House of Representatives, President Trump's tweets. And I would imagine that they're going to add a line about his rhetoric today, which went beyond the tweets in which the president said they should go back to the countries that they come from. Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin was asked about all of this when he took the podium in the Brady briefing room at the White House earlier today. Take a listen to what his response was when asked. I don't find them racist. The president just went on and clarified his comments. I think he speaks for himself on that. He was very clear. So there you have it. Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin weighing in on on the controversy, the latest controversy here inside of the Beltway. Eli Yokely is a political reporter for Morning Consult. Justin Sink is my colleague here at Bloomberg. He covers all things for the White House. And Treasury Secretary Mnuchin really giving this briefing because of cryptocurrency and digital currency and uh, all of the fears, really, and the apprehension within the marketplace. And it comes as Facebook is set to have two days of hearings for Libra. Facebook Libra, Libra, uh, they are going to have this hearing. They have announced a digital currency, and I got to be candid. Republicans and Democrats have no idea what the face, what the what the heck Facebook Libra is. Take a listen to what Secretary Mnuchin said 
about Facebook Libra. Here he is. Oh, if we had that. I mean, he said it later on that, that he had concerns about that. But if we had that, I would love to play it. Uh, take a listen to, to Treasury Secretary Stephen Mnuchin. The Treasury Department has expressed very serious concerns that Libra could be misused by money launderers and terrorist financiers. Justin, so what is the White House doing about all this? Well, we know that the White House is essentially threatening sort of extreme regulatory scrutiny uh, towards Facebook's uh, proposed cryptocurrency. And I think what's interesting about this is that the Facebook initial time that we could see uh, crypto kind of enter the mainstream. It would be something that would be promoted on a website that is sort of the homepage of the Internet for tens of millions of uh, not only Americans but, but people across the world. Uh, you know, Facebook has vowed that they're going to do this carefully, that they are going to make sure that they follow every regulatory step they need to. Part of uh, the idea of this testimony in front of Congress this week is uh, to assuage concerns that lawmakers might have. But uh, I think that this is an effort that's really struggled to to gain traction in Washington. There's a lot of skepticism here. And we know that the president himself is skeptical because he's tweeted uh, tweeted his concerns about this. I love this headline on the Bloomberg Terminal because, I mean, we talk about how divided lawmakers are right now. And I'm watching the feed as freshman Congresswoman Ilan Omar is behind a podium reading her prepared remarks, responding to the president with how with this back and forth that we've seen from them today. But this headline on the Bloomberg Terminal, you ready for this? Quote, uh, Facebook's crypto plan unites Trump and Democrats in disdain. <laughs> Eli Oakley, there's agreement. We found bipartisan agreement, and crypto seemed to get the job done. There we go. I mean, Facebook is uh, getting certainty from both sides right now. I mean, I would not want to be them. I mean, I'm from Missouri, and so I've listened to, to a lot of Josh Hawley talk about this for a <laughs> while now. And uh, he's sort of taken the lead on the conservative case against Facebook. And in the social media summit, once the debate happening now, um, they're in the hot seat and, and they've got a lot of powerful people, people against them. And so what I what I found fascinating is that is that Mnuchin, Secretary Mnuchin said FinCEN, FinCEN, FinCEN is the regulator that's going to be really taking the lead in terms of regulating them and that the administration has been using the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, FinCEN, which is, a, it, it, which is part of the Treasury Department, for those who are unfamiliar with it, to make sure that crypto and digital currencies aren't used for bad actors, terrorist financing, sexual predators, and that they've been using this. So David Marcus, you ready for this? He's Facebook's top person working on digital currency. He released his public testimony because he's going to be testifying before the Senate and the House tomorrow and Wednesday. And he says in his statement that they're headquartered in Geneva, the Swiss. So not only are they going to be regulated by FinCEN and the U.S. regulators, and in his prepared remarks he says that, that they are fully prepared to work with FinCEN, but he also, like in the same breath, says that they're going to be regulated by Geneva. So it's a really fascinating time for this emerging technology in the financial services sector uh, because there's a patchwork of international regulatory arms that are all trying to to figure out this emerging technology it's going to come to a head tomorrow and and not to be not to say this to be funny but i mean when you're when you're testifying before members of congress who don't even know what digital currency is or they're confusing it and calling it libor like one congressman did last week i think i can i think i you know there's a lot of confusion not just in the consumer place but also up on capitol hill about 
all of this. Coming up, we're going to talk more politics and policy. We're going to we're going to talk immigration and the ice raids over the weekend and the panel stays. And folks, my lord, what a busy news day! I really, and you're listening to Bloomberg ninety nine one. This is Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2 Baltimore. The debt ceiling has to be raised. One of our scenarios triggers a problem the first week of September before they get back. So I have urged Congress to raise it before they leave. That was Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin speaking earlier today at the White House, giving a rare press conference at the White House with regards to the debt ceiling. Remember, folks, they got to they got to raise the debt, the debt ceiling uh, by October. Otherwise, well, that our credit score, the, the nation's credit rating is at risk. Uh, I asked Secretary Mnuchin during this presser whether or not or how is they're going with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Uh, he says they're going well. He says that they talked on Saturday night and that they're going to continue having these conversations. He wants to get to some type of deal ahead of the August recess. But, you know, you look at these types of debates and then you look at the context of all of it. And really, the only thing anybody's talking about in the White House press corps, as well as what's going on Capitol Hill, is this this political feud between President Trump and Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the Congresswoman AOC from New York, the very progressive AOC, and three of her colleagues. And it's been a remarkable, remarkable fight. I, you know, Republicans are uneasy with the president's rhetoric. They're saying it's racial rhetoric. They, their Speaker Nancy Pelosi is saying she's going to have a vote on the House floor condemning the president's tweets from over the weekend in which she says that these freshman congresswomen should, quote unquote, go back to their countries. Then the president doubles down, putting it mildly, at the White House earlier today uh, and and criticizes them in very aggressive terms. But I was talking with our EP, Christine Barada, in the break about what we thought we were going to be talking on today's show with Justin Sink, Bloomberg News White House reporter, and Eli Yokely, political reporter from Morsold, both of whom are here with me. And we thought we were going to be talking about AOC versus Speaker Pelosi, Justin, because this is a major, major backstory to to what happened between President Trump and his rhetoric against those four freshman congresswomen uh, and, and really what took us here. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. I think we saw a real uh, danger of a civil war breaking out in the Democratic Party over the weekend where uh, staff members were really sniping at one another, even over Twitter. Uh, Nancy Pelosi obviously lobbed that criticism at um, Alexander Ocasio-Cortez and, and some of the other freshman congresswomen uh, in a interview with the, the New York Times. Uh, it got a, a sharp rebuke with AOC suggesting that there could have been a racial component to that criticism. Uh, you know, this is two of the most prominent um, people in the Democratic uh, majority in the House going after each other in a strong way. But, you know, this, again, sort of speaks to the ramifications of what President Trump has done today. Certainly he's elevated these four congresswomen. They are the sort of lead story on um, every newscast tonight. But we're talking about President Trump versus them and the Democratic Party as a sort of unified whole 
rather than some of the uh, internal skirmishes within the Democratic Party. So when you look at criticism from folks like Tim Scott, he says not only was he upset with what that said, but he was upset with the fact that it took attention off of some of the problems that the Democrats themselves were having. So, Eli, I mean, this is huge, right? Because as Speaker Pelosi speaking to the New York Times, Maureen Dowd, in a column uh, saying essentially uh, that that they, the AOC uh, only has one vote and that they might have large social media followings. But in the halls of Congress, these lawmakers only have one vote and that the speaker and, and with her apparatus behind her has really the power, more power versus social media power. And then you've got AOC, who talked to the Washington Post. Mind you, the New York Times, Washington Post sort of backstory is not lost on me as they each – AOC and AOC and Pelosi each speaking to the competitors of the newspapers. There's that element. But to keep it focused, uh, AOC essentially said that, that she, she said women of color, that she didn't know why Pelosi was going after, quote, unquote, women of color. And that really ratcheted it up even more, No. No, it did. Um, and, and that's something that I think Pelosi's people did not like to hear. Um, I mean, the, whenever, but I think Pelosi's right, by the way. I mean, they don't have that many votes. I mean, that's the difference in the progressive folks that are famous on Capitol Hill today and the Tea Party of 2010 is those folks were elected as the, the majority was on the backs of a lot of these Tea Party members. The majority that Democrats have currently is on the backs of a lot of folks who won competitive races. And, and I think Nancy Pelosi knows that. I mean, it, it, you would not have a Democratic congresswoman from Kansas if it wasn't for the fact that this person wasn't uh, extremely to the left. And I think Pelosi, as she looks forward to the next two years of maybe a Trump presidency or of a Democratic presidency, thinks that uh, it's pretty important that uh, that, that message does not get tamped down by the, the liberals on the left with the I, Twitter presence. I, I just want to I want to read from Maureen Dowd's column from over the weekend. It, it really is my must read. Uh, she says, uh, Corbin Trent, a spokesman for AOC and co-founder of Justice Democrats, the progressive group that helped propel her, told uh, Democrats, quote, greatest threat to mankind is the cowardice of the Democratic Party. With the older generation driven by fear and unable to lead, end quote. The message, according to Maureen Dowd, is that Pelosi is past her prime. Maureen Dowd then writes, except she's not. It's it's a tension that is on full display uh, between AOC and Pelosi, and it's we're just scratching the surface. And President Trump essentially just threw political gasoline on what was already a massive, massive fire uh, and get ready, folks, because buckle up. It's the 2020 cycle. And you can bet you can bet on that upcoming debate stage in Detroit. These Democrats are going to be asked, including the front runner, now, including the front runner, Joe Biden, Joe Biden. How is he going to weigh in to the AOC political times that we have an AOC just holding that press conference on Capitol Hill with several of her colleagues that they call the squad calling, calling on Speaker Pelosi to impeach the president. Thank you to Justin Sink. Thank you to Eli Yokely. Thank you to Craig Gordon for filling in for me over the past two days as I attended my sister's beautiful wedding. I'm Kevin Cirilli. Tomorrow it's cryptocurrency, digital currency day on Capitol Hill. I'll bring you the latest. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. 
Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.